Welcome to the Table Podcast. We hope what you hear today inspires joy in your heart and causes you to be convinced that God is good and He is for you. Enjoy the message. We are actually in a part two of a series called The Grateful Life. And last week in part one of The Grateful Life, we learned that our gratitude is our best weapon against the negativity that pervades our culture. If we listen to our own hearts and we listen to our conversations, we begin to find the areas that we haven't surrendered to God and we let him reveal the perspective that we should have. So gratefulness is a gateway to hope and hope is a person named Jesus. Instead of dwelling on the negative, we can begin to see the good or the God in our daily lives because when we're looking for good things, we're looking for what God is doing because everything that God is doing is always good. And so when we adapt this mindset, this empowers us to live joyfully no matter what. But this week, I thought it was important that we talk about something that's a threat to the grateful life, and that is comparison. Yeah, it's a big one. Because we can now view what's happening in everybody else's life with the advent of social media. We've gotten to a place where we focus on that more than being present in our world with people that we love in our relationships. And... I'm beginning to question, just because we can look at somebody else's life, is it healthy to constantly look at someone else's life instead of enjoying your own? See, the bigger question is, are you even comparing your life to reality or an image that someone has designed? I want you to take a look at this photo whenever it comes up. Photo, photo. Just click the next one. It should be right there. H left you, didn't she? <laughs> well, while he's getting that pulled up, I'll describe ex exactly what it looks like. It's basically this girl on the gram. She has this picture with this guy. There it is right there. Look at, the, I know y'all saw this now. The Shade Room, my friend sent me this. I'm not a subscriber to the Shade Room, but it'd be funny. So look at the picture on the right. She is in Paris living her best life. But look at the caption. She said, I hope this guy I met at the Eiffel Tower and asked for a pic of us kissing so I could pretend I had a romantic time and Paris is doing good. <laughs> now, that's hilarious, but sad at the same time. Because we think that this is reality, we don't know the difference between her begging a stranger on the street to give her affirmation and somebody's real life, but we'll still be jealous of this photo. We'll still be jealous of a picture that was created falsely for affirmation. And we'll start to say, now why can't I have that? Well, she don't either. <laughs> Truth is, she made that up. But the harder part is, why would she go to this length for affirmation? Because she believes that this is the only way that her life looks meaningful. And she would do anything to get the likes. Actually, a CNN report this week says that the reason why they're pulling uh, likes from Instagram in the U.S. is because it's causing issues with people's mental health. That young people are literally having issues with mental health because of likes. Because they're looking for affirmation in all the wrong places and comparing themselves to someone else's image, somebody else's projection of life. And it's causing them to be upset with how they live. This is a serious issue if CNN is reporting this, 
We've gotten to the point where what people think about what we think, what they say about us, the way we look in front of people, all of these things matter so much more to us than they ever have before. And we have thousands of people to compare ourselves to. No wonder the rate of anxiety and depression is climbing. I'm not minimizing mental illness. It's a real thing. But I think that we could do better to guard our minds and stop comparing ourselves to images that aren't real. I got excited about that because I'm like, wow, I realized that I've probably looked at photos like this and been jealous of a reality that wasn't, you know, even there. And then I've gone, well, why can't I go to Paris? Why can't I have a man? Why can't I have this? And it's just like the discontentment immediately comes after comparison begins. Even if I had just gotten a promotion or something great had happened to me that day, just because I don't have that thing, now the rest of my day is gone. And that may sound extreme, but it's happening everywhere. You know, I believe that in its um, invention that maybe social media did have a good purpose. Back in the arc age, <laughs> when, you were, uh, <laughs> when uh, Facebook came out, it was actually a really cool way to connect with people that you hadn't seen in a long time from high school or whatever. And that was when I was on it. And uh, you had to actually have an EDU email to even get on Facebook because it was supposed to just be for college students. So, like, I've been over Facebook. Like, Facebook is so old to me. But it's one of those things where now we realize that people have warped this, this image of themselves and said, I've got to look this way so that other people can actually be jealous of something that's fake. But we don't really do the investigation to find out what is the real substance of our lives and what really matters. And so I feel like when you see young women like this, you think how, how willing was she to go for, for somebody to think that she had value? to create a lie, an image. She don't know where that man being. You asking strangers <laughs> to give you a romantic image just so people can like it. And I'm surprised she outed herself because most people don't. Most people will just let you think it's real and they don't care to tell the truth about themselves or make a joke about it. At least she was honest. But I believe that constantly comparing ourselves to somebody else's snapshot is dangerous because a snapshot is never a full picture. When we set expectations for our own lives on these things instead of seeking God's desires, it can be very harmful. When we think that we can see the full picture of somebody's life in a newsfeed, we are sadly mistaken. I have seen a lot of people post really good pictures and they're not living well. I've seen a lot of people that can look happy after the hundredth selfie, but came in my office because they're depressed. Happens all the time. And so we have to get a grip on this comparison. We have to actually hold this captive and say, first of all, is this even a reality that I should compare my life to? And second of all, who am I really? Am I the person that's going to be looking towards someone else to figure out where I should be affirmed? Or am I going to be the person that settles in who I am, looks to the love of God, and lets God tell me who I am? Those are the people that are living free. Those are the people that are living with joy, and those are the people that are grateful for life. They're not just capturing experiences, they're living in them. And I think we've gotten to that place. I went down to um, Kanye's Sunday service in Baton Rouge a couple of weeks ago. Yay. And one of the things that was actually disturbing about it, it wasn't like the content, it wasn't anything that they shared. That was amazing. It was the fact that everybody's phone was up the entire time 
And I'm like, is anybody else actually experiencing this? It was so crazy to go to an event and see phones up the entire time. And it's just like, oh, so you're just going to watch yourself later watching this? No, it was for the other people to let them know, this is where I'm at. You're not here. I'm here. And it was like, they didn't even have a true experience because they were just trying to show everybody where they were, but they weren't even present. And it's just like, is this where we've gone to as a culture? That we would rather share an experience for someone else to be jealous of it than actually be in the moment? I got to the point where I was like, I'm putting my phone down and I'm getting in the presence. Forget this. You'll just have to go to your own Sunday service one day, but I'm not going to sit here and keep my phone up the whole time for other people to see something that I'm not experiencing for myself. Like, I really had to do a check. I was like, wow, I didn't drive three and a half hours to video this. I drove three and a half hours to see it for myself, experience it for myself. So when we look to our timelines instead of to Christ, we create a desire for things we may not need. We covet a stage of life we're not ready for. And we measure success that doesn't even match our vision for life. You start wanting things that you never even dreamed about because somebody else is getting something. You think you're ready for marriage, but you can't clean up your room. You know what I'm saying? I'm not trying to be ugly. <laughs> like, I'm just being honest. Like, you want to sign up for the picture for the wedding day, but not the lifelong commitment of giving yourself selflessly to that person. You like the photos, but you don't know the sacrifice that comes behind the photos because that's only one day of the marriage. We, we covet an experience that sometimes we don't even have the maturity to walk in fully. Because all we're looking at is a snapshot. This is why comparison is so dangerous. Because we'll miss out on all the experiences that God has for our lives, hoping that we can be someone else. Hoping that we can experience a snap of somebody else's life when you don't know if they argued 10 minutes before they took that photo. Man, it's just so real. This is one of those areas where we have let others set the standard for a fulfilled life. But isn't that God's doing? Wouldn't it be better for us to ask God what a fulfilled life looks like because he's the creator of life than letting broken people with good photos tell us? I'm just saying. John 10.10 says that the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. But I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I believe that the thief uses comparison as a subtle way to steal from us. To paint a picture of a false reality and hope that we take the bait. Because do we really need more friends, relationships, status, money, trips, etc.? I mean, while all those things are good in itself, if you're wanting it for the wrong desire, then they can become more important than the giver who is Jesus. We've let an image of what people have be better than the giver of life himself. And that's where discontentment stays. It lives there. And it becomes... You keeping up with the Joneses instead of you enjoying your own life. I really appreciated my iPhone 8 until somebody got the 11 Pro. Or I was happy with my relationship until I saw somebody from high school got engaged. I was living my best life until I saw the relationship status change. And I still just got my blanket at home. Okay. <laughs> it's just like, I can remember doing the same thing. I just talked to my friend. I was like, oh, girl, I'm good. I scroll up. I see something. I'm like, oh, no, she got a man. Now, come on, God. You know, hey, I'm telling on myself. I just get to a place where I'm like, if you want to go get discontented immediately, get on social media. Yeah. 
Because you could have just been having a blast with your friends, celebrating the love of Christ, y'all doing your thing. But as soon as you get on that news feed, something will make you discontented. And although this is subtle, I believe that the enemy has just been like, yeah, man, go ahead and keep scrolling. He don't even have to do nothing no more because we literally put ourselves in a pit of discontentment by constantly looking at everybody else and not enjoying the life that God has given us. See, those people can buy a new car, but they can't buy love, joy, peace, and hope. They can get that new promotion. They can get all of those things. But, but if they don't have Christ, it doesn't mean anything. And, and what we realize is that Jesus came to give us an abundant life, but that life doesn't look like a Facebook news feed. His abundance is not an accumulation of things. Let me say that again. His abundance is not an accumulation of things. It is his presence. He has given us himself. An abundant life comes from being connected to God's love and his purpose. See, comparison makes us desire things we really never wanted and keeps us from being happy with the blessings we've been given. We could probably all benefit from detoxing from looking at all of these images and just connecting face to face again. To me, social media, it lets you get information, but it doesn't give you connection. That's just a lie. You can exchange information, but connection has to come through relationship, and relationship happens in present time, face to face. We have traded information for connection, and we're wondering why we can see all of these things but still feel lonely. Because God designed us to connect in relationship, not through a screen. I know everybody used to clown on me because I took like a three-year like hiatus from all social media. But it was really because I felt like it was robbing my time and I wasn't connecting well with people. It wasn't to be super deep or spiritual. It's just I could look up and two hours passed and I could have done something with that time. And, and so when I took a step back from it, I realized something interesting. All the information that I needed to know from the people I really loved, I still found out. I didn't miss baby announcements. Why? Because they came through the phone. They actually reached out to me and texted me. When people were getting engaged, they said, hey, Siobhan, I just got engaged. And I didn't have to check Facebook because my real friends let me know the things that were going on in their lives. I didn't have to have that. What did I gain? More time for meditation and prayer and going out with people and talking to them and letting them tell me the information instead of me saying, I already saw that on Facebook. <laughs> it got to the point where I couldn't even talk to people because I had already seen their whole life before we met up. We overpost so much, we overshare so much when it's time to have an intimate connection and a conversation, we don't have anything to say. Or we're so scared to be vulnerable that we hope they just check Facebook instead. Because if you see me face to face, then you might be able to tell something's not right. And then I have to be real with you. Then I have to be vulnerable, that word we love. And so when I realized that that was something that was just happening even to me, and I just felt like, how can I know so many people but still feel lonely? Because I was knowing of people, but I wasn't connecting. One of the things that has really just been challenging for me even now is to get to the point where if I feel like negativity is coming or I'm comparing myself to other people, I just have to shut that down. 
Like I've been looking at like other people's ministries and what they're doing and, you know, the photographers and who's doing this and that, people who are traveling. And all of a sudden it started making me feel like, well, I'm not doing enough. I don't have enough going on. I need to do this. I need to do what they're doing. I need to have that type of platform. It was just like, hold on. This doesn't even sound like God's plan for me. I've never wanted these things until I started comparing myself to someone else. And I don't know what their journey looked like where God was taking them, but wherever they are, that was in his timing and it had nothing to do with me. And so I had to check myself and say, do I want this because I just see it? Or is this a dream that God gave me? Do I want this because this seems to be trending? Or is this really a desire of my heart from the Lord? And if I couldn't honestly say yes to that, I just had to let it go. Like, that's probably why I have a lot of shoes in my closet, because those darn ads, they be telling me I want shoes, and I didn't even think about shoes. And they get in your emails, they hear your conversations now. It's weird. It's like talking about something, I see it. I cooked a pizza, then it was on my news feed. I'm like, no, 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 big brother, y'all doing too much. You're not even being subtle now. Like, you literally know my bank account or something, because I was like, no. We have to get to a place where we pull back and we start to get back to living life instead of looking at other people's lives. So how can we get back to our grateful life? That's the question. Because we know we need to do it. We know that comparison is killing us. We know that it's, it's causing anxiety and it's causing us to be upset. It's causing us to be discontented. So what do we do about it? Number one, let God celebrate you. I think this is the most important thing. When I realized that I was made in the image of God and that he was pleased with me, that he loved me more than anyone else in this world, and he gave his life for me, this was the beginning of me being grateful for just me. Not for what other people think, not for how much affirmation I get, how many likes I get, but just because I am a living being, I am celebrated by God. Zephaniah 3.17 says this, the Lord your God is in your midst. The literal translation says, a warrior who saves. He will exalt over you with joy. He will renew in you his love. I'm reading the literal translation so you can see this. He will rejoice over you with shouts of joy. Do you know that God celebrates you more than anybody else? Do you know that he's the one that delights in who you are at all times? He's the person that's going to give you the most likes you ever had and then beyond. And I think when we begin to let God celebrate us and let us know that our value comes from him, it disarms comparison. Because when you're getting everything you need, you don't have to look at what you're not. When you know that God has made you in his image and that he loves you with an everlasting love, that he is the one that saved you, he is the one that has renewed you in his love, then you don't have to look outside of him and you don't have to compare. I believe that when we allow God to affirm us, we get settled in that we're right where we're supposed to be. Enjoying his love and his goodness. And he can reestablish what you should value in life instead of letting near strangers dictate that. Do you realize how much we let strangers that don't even invest in our lives tell us what our lives should be looking like? People who wouldn't even care 
if you were across the street in, in need, but we let them tell us whether we're happy enough, whether we have enough, whether we look a certain way, where we're acceptable in you know, society. Like we're letting people that don't even care about us tell us how much we matter. But God, who created us, who had purpose for us that loves us deeply, he should be the one saying that every time. The second thing that I feel like gets us out of comparison is to celebrate others. Romans 12, 15 says, rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Instead of comparing ourselves to others, we should rejoice with them. Somebody else's blessing doesn't take away from yours. Somebody else's relationship status is not changing your status. We should be celebrating with others as if it's our own win. We kill comparison when we do that. When we see somebody getting a blessing, when we see somebody, you know, going into a different life stage that we're not in, we would do better to say, you know what, that's amazing. I'm so happy for them. Because you never know what it took for them to get there, what they've walked through. You never know what God was doing in their lives to get them there. They could have suffered so much loss before they got this one thing. And you comparing yourself to them and being upset and jealous with them, they don't need that. You just never know. So to me, for our own peace, for our own, you know, joy, it's better for us to just celebrate. Especially in the kingdom of God. If you get a promotion, the kingdom gets a promotion. If you get in a relationship status and you're going into marriage, guess what? You're building a kingdom family. We should be praying for you. We should be so excited because we know that that's another life stage where you're going to have to change a lot about who you are, but you're also going to get to represent Christ in a beautiful way. Like, we got to change the way we think. We've really got to get to a point where celebration is what we do because that's what God does. He is always celebrating his children in every stage of life. And you know what? You actually feel better when you celebrate people, too. <laughs> I've, I've come to know that instead of me comparing myself and I just say, aren't you so happy for what happened with this person? Then I actually get happy because I'm not giving the enemy a foothold to try to put me in a place where I'm upset. I should be lifting everyone up and encouraging them and being excited about their lives. And, and I think that's the best way for us to combat against comparison because in essence, when we celebrate people, we're saying this doesn't take away from me. This just means that this is a good thing for you. You would want the people to do the same thing for you if you're honest. You wouldn't want somebody to just downplay your situation just because they don't have something. And because we're brothers and sisters in Christ, we should be the first ones to be in line to say, I'm happy for you. Even if we don't understand it, even if it may not be the way we would do things, I don't even think it's necessary for all of that. Sometimes we're trying to judge like one image of, of one person's life and it's just like, you know what, why don't you just celebrate them? And if something needs to be corrected, let God take care of that. Let's just love people well. Let's celebrate them. The last one is thank God for what you have. Philippians 4.4 4 says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. I think that we can begin to experience more joy when we focus on what we've been given instead of what we don't have. 
Because we have Christ, we have the best gift. And it's gotten to the point where if I don't have something, I believe that the provision of God has given me something else. And I just have to trust his heart for me. I don't believe he ever leaves us empty-handed. It's just maybe an unconventional way that he's doing something for you. I even look at my life and I compare, I've been compared myself to, you know, my friends. Like, at this age, most of my friends are married with, like, kids in the double digits. <laughs> yes, because I'm old. But when I look at their lives and what they have, that's beautiful for them. But if I'm honest, I wouldn't trade my life for anyone else's. The experiences that I've had with God, the places that he's taken me, the things that I've gotten a chance to accomplish, I actually really do enjoy them because I've actually let God tell me what my desires are instead of letting someone else tell me what they should be. I have had so many people tell me, like, aren't you sad that you're not married? And I was like, no, maybe disappointed at times when I need to get that trash taken out. But other than that... <laughs> other than that it's cool no but it's just like I really don't think like that until someone else says it it's like you really don't consider it because every day I wake up and I'm thankful that I'm here I'm thankful for the life that God has given me I've gotten to go places and do things that I never thought I would get to do I've traveled outside of the country and and all these wonderful things and it's just like but as soon as somebody projects something on me it's like oh well maybe I am sad maybe I do want that and then I just go down from there. And then sometimes the Lord just has to go, since when? <laughs> we just talked about this yesterday. You was fine, you know? And I'm like, oh, yeah, that darn comparison. <laughs> it can make you think you want something that you don't even want. Because I call my friends, and they're like, girl, you can wait. And I was like, I know, right? My mom, she was been married for like almost 40 years, and she was like, Siobhan, I promise you in God's timing, you will have exactly what you're supposed to have, but I could be you today. <laughs> she loves my life. So, and I know she loves my dad, but she was just saying, like, you have this freedom to do things for God, to go after his heart, to go places that I've never gone. And it's a beautiful thing. You know, Paul says that if you do get married, that's fine, but your loyalty will be divided. And there is a limit on what you can accomplish at that point because you're considering someone else above yourself. But in this time of singleness, you get a chance to run at the fastest pace towards God and enjoy the things that he wants to use you in because you won't get it back when it's gone. Single life is way different than any other life stage. And it's a beautiful time to really develop and grow and learn who you are and learn about the love of God and experience some things. I don't have to ask permission. I'm going. Amen. Just saying. <laughs> So the other passage that I wanted to read is Psalms 37, 4. And it says, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. And actually, this word delight, I've looked this up before. I didn't put this in the notes. I should have. I've said this many times. This word delight actually means to be pampered by, to enjoy and you realize, like, oh, wait a minute, that's kind of different. That means when I just let the love of God pamper me and I enjoy him and he takes care of me and I see his provision, I see his heart for me, all of a sudden I realize that whatever he wants for me is what I want for me. I realize that he's so good at loving me that when he has a desire for me, I'm willing to trade mine for his any day. 
because I've just been so overwhelmed by how well he gets me. I've been so overwhelmed by how well he loves me. And now his desires become mine because I can trust his heart for me. I believe that this is something that we practice throughout our lives. Being intentional about saying yes to God and letting him show us his plans for us. Learning that his heart is always for us and whatever he chooses, even if it looks unconventional, even if it's not like everybody else, it truly is the best for you. And if you, you really get to a place where you know how well he knows you, you'll never think that you're being shortchanged. He knows us better than we know us. And, and so when I was able to let God love me in that way, my desires became his and I stopped letting other people's desires for me be stronger than his. What other people wanted from me was traditional things, which that makes sense. But what God wanted from me is so much more. He gave me a vision for something bigger. He gave me a vision to see the world, to share the gospel everywhere. And, and I couldn't imagine not living life this way since I've surrendered everything to him. Before, before that, I probably would have just been like, oh, well, I guess I'll just do life. But now I have this zeal and this passion to love people and to have so many experiences with him that I can look back and tell my children, yeah, there was a delay, but let me show you what I did well before you got here. Let me show you the things that me and God did together so that you can be inspired to do the same. So don't base your desires off someone else's life. Delight in the Lord, and he will give you his desires for you. Um, you can come as I'm closing, but I think the reason why comparison is so detrimental is because it keeps us from being present. If you're always looking to someone else, then you're missing out on your own experience. And when you look to someone else and you just get a small picture of their life, then discontentment just continues to breed negativity. Nothing is ever good enough. You're never good enough. You know, your experiences are never good enough. And it's just like a God like that would never want you to feel that way about yourself. And, and I know that he made us uniquely, as unique as our fingerprint, so that there would be no one else for you to compare yourself to. In his creativity, he made sure that you were so much uniquely you, there would never be another one. That's the kind of God that I think doesn't want you to compare yourself. What you think? <laughs> if he made you so uniquely you that your fingerprint is like no one else's that's ever been born, that tells me he doesn't want you to compare yourself to anyone else who's ever been born. Because when he made you, it was good. And, and he loved you as you are and honestly we could do we could do better to remember that we, we could celebrate the image that we see in the mirror even though it doesn't look like everybody else we could celebrate our personalities instead of trying to change them to fit in with people we could celebrate our style our clothes, our hair if we really knew the gift that God was giving us in our individuality it's so important that you know that you were uniquely designed to be loved by him and no one else is like you. And that's a good thing. When we embrace that, joy comes. 
when we embrace that, we push insecurity to the side and say, but this is who my father has made me. We don't let the weight of somebody else's opinions, their words, their experiences keep us from having joy because we realize we were supposed to be different. God in his creativity wanted us all to be different. I believe that our differences radiate his glory. Our differences show just how unique he is and how wonderful he is at creating. That's why we should celebrate each other because we've all come from him. Every gift that we have down to our laughs come from him. And if he can celebrate you, you can celebrate you. See, the grateful life is about finding your joy in the Lord and letting him define how your life should be. After all, he is the giver of life. He knows what will fulfill you the most is himself. Gratefulness invites the Lord to satisfy our longings and draw us into his presence. It keeps things in proper perspective and helps us appreciate what we've been given. Giving thanks restores joy, promotes rest, and conceives hope. Let's not be enticed by what we see. But instead, let God reveal what is good and perfect for us. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. At the table, we are discovering Jesus together. If you were encouraged by today's message, do us a favor and subscribe to this podcast. That way you never miss out on future episodes. Also, help us get the word out by sharing this podcast on your preferred social media platform. To keep up on what's happening in our community, you can follow us on Facebook at The Table or on Instagram at The Table CCLA.